Blog Talk Radio. Well, bless the Lord, everybody. Bless the Lord. It is Wednesday night, and you know it's now time for the Word on Wednesday with Pastor Winfred Burns, and I pray that everyone is having a wonderful time tonight. I pray that you have your Bibles and that you're excited about this word that we're about to get into. Um, last week we uh, finished, we began Acts chapter 8, and we talked about how circumstances, the, the persecution uh, that Satan brought upon the church when Stephen was stoned forced uh, many of the believers to flee, and how that led to the spread of the gospel. We talked about, you know, the fact that sometimes you well, that you have to die to live. And Stephen's death did not result in uh, or didn't cause the end of a movement. People didn't just get scared and stop spreading the gospel, but instead that they went to other areas. And the first area that they went to was Samaria. And we talked about what Samaria was and how it was uh, a place where there were people there who um, had been shunned by the Jews. They were the hated enemies of the Jews. We went through a little bit of the history of Samaria last week. But it didn't, the gospel just didn't stop in Samaria. The gospel, tonight we're going to show how the gospel spread even further from Samaria and that the spreading of the gospel is the work of God. It is the spirit of God who ushers the gospel to certain places and it begin, and certain people and how the gospel begins to just spread throughout the land. So before we go into that, let's have a word of prayer. And then we'll go right into Acts chapter 8. And as usual, I got 30 minutes from the time that I finished praying. And after that, there's question and answers. And if there's no Q&A, we'll pray and we'll wrap it up within, within like 35 minutes or so. Let's pray. Eternal God, our Father, it's in Jesus' name that we come. God, you are faithful. Every Wednesday night. You meet us here with your word, and you allow us to to be fed from your word, and it's a pure word, and we thank you for that. We thank you for the leading and guiding of the Holy Spirit. We thank you, God, for all that you do for us. Now, God, open up our ears and open up our eyes, open up our hearts to receive, and then, Father, Teach us what to do with that which we learn tonight. Father, it's one thing to to know something and another thing to apply it. Teach us the application of your word. We thank and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so let's get this clock rolling. Starting now. Okay. So, 
we're going to turn right to Acts chapter 8, and we'll pick up where we left off. And we left off at verse 26. So I'll read from here. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Rise and go toward the south, to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert place. And he rose and went. And there was an Ethiopian, a eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all her treasure. He had come to Jerusalem to worship and was returning, seated in his chariot, and he was reading the prophet Isaiah. Let's stop right there so we can begin to understand this, this, who we're dealing with. So Philip is led by the Spirit of God to go from Samaria back to Jerusalem, and then once he gets to Jerusalem, rather than stop and stay at Jerusalem, God takes Philip and tells him to go into the desert, to go on a desert road towards Gaza. That's going to be real interesting because, first of all, let's deal with Gaza. What was Gaza? Well, for those of you who were with me uh, um, when we went through First and Second Samuel, Gaza should remind you of the Philistine territory. So now what's happening is he leaves Samaria, he goes back through Jerusalem, and now God tells him to go toward the Philistine territory. Now, if you remember, the Philistines are also enemies of Israel because it was the Philistines back in the Old Testament that they were always arguing with, that the Philistines were always trying to, to attack them and take their land and push them out of their promised inheritance. Um, you saw the battle with Saul and the Philistines. The first king of Israel was killed by the Philistines. Remember, it was the Philistines that defeated Israel and took away the ark. There's so many battles with the Philistines, and it's just like we saw with the Samaritans. But yet God is not confining this gospel to just the Jewish nation, but instead he is going to all nations. And so he sends him toward the Philistines, but even uh, to Gaza. And, and even more than just sending him toward the Philistines, he sends him to a particular, because later on we'll see how he goes through the old Philistine cities uh, toward the end of this, this chapter, how he goes to another Philistine city to begin to preach the gospel. But right here and now, what we're finding out is that, hey, now he's going even further because he go, he is led to go to an Ethiopian eunuch. This Ethiopian eunuch, let's talk about who he was. Well, first of all, he was the minister of finance for a nation. And it says he was over the queen's treasury, uh, Candace. But that's not a name. That's a title. Um, it is, it, these are descendants of Ham. And if we go back and we look in Genesis, 
what we will find out is that he is a descendant of a cursed people. Because you remember, Noah cursed Ham because Ham came upon Noah after Noah was drunk and he viewed his nakedness. And his brothers come by, and he went back and told his brothers. And his brothers come behind him and say, wait a second, that's not how we should do our dad. And so they walk in and they covered his nakedness, and they were blessed. And descended from Ham is the Cushites. And these are descendants of the Cushites. And they literally the land that they're from is now current, the current Sudan. But they were called Ethiopians because of the color of their skin. They were black. And not only were they, they, they black, but these were a powerful people. They were a very powerful people. While Israel was being conquered by Babylon and Egypt and, and Ro the Romans and, and the Greeks, when these enemies came upon this nation, and they're, they're basically... Uh, what you call them, they're the Nubian nation, when they came upon them, they were not able to overcome this powerful nation. And now this cursed nation, because they are still carrying the curse, this cursed nation, these descendants of Ham, will receive the gospel. How will they receive it? They're going to receive it through an Ethiopian eunuch or a member of their tribe. Now, this, now this, this, this tribe, by the way, had a king and a queen. And I said something about the Candace. Okay. Her title specifically was the Candace. That was not her name. She was considered the queen mother. She was the one that literally ran the nation. The king basically was largely a ceremonial position. And they thought the king was too good to do any of the day-to-day -day work because they considered him to be a deity. And so all of the power, all of the day-to-day -day power, the p person that was really running the kingdom was the Candace. And if you study your history about this, you'll find out that some of these Candaces were very, very powerful. They were very, very wise. They were very, very astute. And so now the gospel is going to be taken to this nation that's run by a woman. Talk about, getting, talk about breaking down some barriers, but not just any woman, by a black woman, by a black woman powerful woman. And here's this, here's this Ethiopian eunuch, and we know that this eunuch was a God-fearer. Now, what's a God-fearer? Well, a God-fearer is someone who believes, who believes in the God of Israel, but is not a member who, uh, who is not undergoing baptism and been welcomed into the community. Instead, he's just a person, he's like, a, he's like somebody that goes to a church but doesn't join. And the thing about this God-fearer, because he was a eunuch, he could not go into the temple. 
uh, because he was, a, excuse me, a Gentile, he was regulated to the court of the Gentiles. But even more than that, even if he became a proselyte, even if he received the baptism, because of his physical deformity, he could never go into the temple. He could never go into, quote, unquote, the dwelling place of God because not only was he not an Israelite, but he had a deformity. But yet, God is going to take this deformed man, this man who is outside of Israel, this man who is of a different race, and he's going to extend the gospel to him. And that's what, that's what we should see tonight, this wonderful spread of the gospel to all nations. It makes us think back to John 3.16. It says, for God so loved the world, not God so loved the Jew, or not God so loved any specific nationality, but he loved all humankind. He loved us so much that he gave his only begotten son, everybody. I love it when they say, whosoever will, let him come. Whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And this is the individual, this, this outcast, this, this, this person who loves the God of Israel but really can't get in to the presence of the God of Israel. God shows that I love him so much that I have made a way for him to receive my love and to come into the family of God. Let's go further. So he says, He had come to Jerusalem to worship and was returned, returning, seated in his chariot, and he was reading the prophet Isaiah. And the Spirit said to Philip, Go over and join this chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and asked, Do you understand what you are reading? And he said, How can I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now the passage of scripture that he was reading was this. Like a sheep he was led to the slaughter. And like a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he opens not his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe this, his generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. So, Philip is led to this chariot. The Spirit of God speaks to Philip and says, go up to that chariot. Now, you've got to understand that the chariot is moving. And so Philip begins to jog alongside the chariot. He doesn't know what's going on, and he hears the Ethiopian eunuch reading from Isaiah. And he asked him, do you understand what you're reading? You see, one of the things that we have to, have to know is that when we are sharing the gospel, it's not something that comes from our flesh. 
when we are led to share the gospel, when we, when we are inspired to share the gospel, when we are moved to share the gospel, it's the Spirit of God that is directing us where to go, what to do, and how to plant the seed. The sharing of the gospel is by Spirit-filled people, by Spirit-controlled people. And it is a work of God. We're merely instruments. It's not something that we can do of ourselves. No, it's the Spirit of God that's leading us. And God is showing us in the Scripture, in the scripture tonight just how the Spirit of God led Philip. Now, let's go, let's go back because this, what Philip is doing now has been foretold centuries ago. Go to um, go to Isaiah. Let's go to Isaiah real quick. We can finish this. We'll finish this off tonight. Isaiah fifty-six. Let's go to Isaiah fifty-six because God specifically foretells that He is going to bring to Himself all nations and people that normally we wouldn't even look at. Um, look at um, Isaiah 56, and I'll start reading at verse 3. It says, Let not the foreigner who has joined himself to the Lord say, The Lord will surely separate me from his people. And let not the eunuch say, Behold, I am a dry tree. For thus says the Lord to the eunuchs who keep my Sabbath, who choose the things that please me, and hold fast my covenant, I will give in my house and within my walls a monument and a name better than sons and daughters. I will give them an everlasting name that shall not be cut off. And the foreigners who join themselves to the Lord to minister to him, to love the name of the Lord, and to be his servants, everyone who keeps the Sabbath, and does not profane it, and holds fast my covenant. Those, these I will bring to my holy mountain, and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be accepted on my altar, for my house shall be called a house of prayer for all peoples. The Lord God who gathers the outcast of Israel declares, I will gather yet others to him besides those already gathered. Can you see what he's saying here? Isaiah prophesies that God will call people from foreign lands, and all you got to do is love and obey. God will call the eunuchs, and he will make them fruitful. God says this to Isaiah, and we see the word of God as prophesied by Isaiah, being fulfilled in Acts, and God is using by his spirit Philip as his instrument. So he, he, he says, the reading that he does, does is from Isaiah 53. So as long as we have 56, let's turn over to 53. We're, we're doing good on time. Here, I'll start reading at verse 3. He was despised 
and rejected by man, by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed, and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. Like a lamb that is led to slaughter, and like a sheep that before its shearers is silent, so he opened not his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away, and as for his generation who considered that he was cutting off out of the land of the living, stricken for the transgression of my people, they made his grave with the wicked, and with a rich man in his death, although he had done no violence. And there was no deceit in his mouth. Now, I don't know how much farther he went, but, but, but let me read this last couple of verses. Yet it was the will of God to crush him. He has put him to grief. When his soul makes an offering for sin, he shall see his offspring. He shall prolong his days. The will of the Lord shall prosper in his saints. Hand Out of the anguish of his soul, he shall see and be satisfied. By his knowledge shall the righteous one, my servant, make many to be accounted righteous, and he shall bear their inequities. Who's he talking about there? Who's he prophesying of there? He's prophesying of Jesus. And the eunuch, the Ethiopian eunuch, He's reading from this passage of Isaiah 53 as Philip walks up, and Philip asked him, do you understand what you're reading? And his response is, how can I unless someone teaches me? And Philip begins to show him how all of these passages are fulfilled in Jesus. And he explains that Jesus made the way for him to come. That is through, his, through faith in Jesus Christ that he no longer has to be an outsider, but he can come in to the family of God. He can receive the inheritance, the same inheritance that the believing Jews now receive. That God is not a respecter of persons, but and God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And he preaches and explains the gospel of Jesus. He preaches and explains that Jesus is the Messiah of God. He preaches and explains that this gift, this grace, is extended to him. And let's see what the what what the eunuch says. And the eunuch says to Philip, About whom I ask you, does the prophet say this? About himself or, or about someone else? 
Then Philip opened his mouth, and beginning with the scripture, he told him the good news about Jesus. And as they were going along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, See, here is water. What presents me? What prevents me from being baptized? The eunuch realizes that he has faith. The eunuch believes in Jesus Christ. And right then and there, he says, okay, so if what you're saying is true, and I believe it to be true, then all we need is some water, and we can get this thing going. I can become a member of the family of God. I can receive the blessing of salvation right here and now. And there's nothing that prevents us. This watering hole that they go through, by the way, is the last watering hole that they will face before that, they, that, that this eunuch will come to before he is laid out into the desert. And this eunuch is, by the way, is going on a long journey. It's not like he's just going down the street. The journey from Moreau, which is where he's from, to Jerusalem is about a five-month journey. And this, this, this um, eunuch had such a faith in God that he comes from the Sudan, which is what, where he's from now, where, where that area be. He rides all the way through Egypt and all the, all the way through the desert to get to a place where he can worship God, even though he can't get in. And now he's been told that, oh, yes, you can get in. And they're at the last place where there's water before he enters the desert. And he says, there's nothing preventing us is there. So Philip, let's get back here. Then, and, he, and he commanded the chariot to stop, and they went down into the water, Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord carried Philip away, and the eunuch saw him no more, and went on his way rejoicing. So Philip baptizes him, and then the Spirit just snatches him up and takes him away. What a miraculous thing. What a miracle that has just happened. And doesn't it kind of remind you of, of when um, Elijah was snatched away by the Spirit of God. It is so important that we see in this story, this is the work of God as he spreads the gospel to all nations. It's so important that we understand that when we are sent, that it is a work of the Spirit. It's so important that we understand that God is working great things out in us today. And that when we're prompted by the Spirit of God, no matter who we are prompted to go through, that go to, that it's all a part of God's plan. That what we are what we what, what, what we are experiencing is God's move. And sometimes we're guilty of just going to other black folk. And we will never consider sharing the gospel with a European American. Or we will go to people that we're comfortable with. 
But when you are being led by the Spirit to participate in a move of God, you go where he sends you. Now, last week I, I really, I really, really stressed the fact that I think that the church is wrong in, in just targeting certain people groups and excluding others. We shouldn't exclude anybody. I don't care who they are. I don't care what they do. I don't care what they have done. This was a cursed people who get the message that the curse is broken. That when, God, when Jesus came, he came to set the captive free. And there are many ethnic people, there are many people of, of different persuasions that are being bound in sin. And God sends his church to set them free. These are not the enemies of God. The only enemy that God has is the, the, those who reject him. And even then, he pleads with them. He pleads with them until time runs out for them to accept his son, accept the gift of Jesus Christ. And that's what we're supposed to do. That's the good news, that Jesus died for us. That's the good news. But that he rose again on the third day, and that's what we are to carry. So what does Philip do after he's caught up? after he's snatched away from the eunuch, after the eunuch goes away and, and, and rejoicing. Let's find out real quick. Verse 40. But Philip found himself at Azos, and as he passed through, he preached the gospel to all the towns until he came to Caesarea. Do you know what Azos is? Azos is, I believe, the um, the Philistine city of Ashdod. Remember, the Philistines have five cities, Ashkelon, Ashdod, Ekron, Gath, and Gaza. Those were the five major Philistine cities. And Philip is going to go through the old Philistine cities preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ to the enemy, to those who were formerly attacking the Jews. This Greek-speaking Jew goes to extend to them an invitation to Jesus Christ. Isn't that something? Isn't God wonderful? As he says, whosoever. That's how the gospel was spread. We're going to lose Philip after this for a little while. But we'll catch up, you know, because they say, well, he just went to Caesarea. What happened to Philip after that? We'll find out what happened to Philip uh, as we continue to go to, through Acts. But tonight what we really, really want to show you and what you really need to see is, Number one, how the gospel was spread then. And number two, how the gospel is being spread today. And what your part as a believer is in the spread of the gospel. 
So what's my part in spreading the gospel? Number one, I must be filled with the Spirit to be led by the Spirit. I've got to give the Spirit of God. I've got to surrender and let all of my prejudices die because I shouldn't be prejudiced if I'm dead. You ever seen a corpse that's prejudiced? You ever seen a corpse that says, don't bury me next to no white folk? Don't bury me next to a homosexual? Don't bury me next to the Mexicans? They don't say nothing. They get buried where they're buried. Why? Because they're dead. But when we die to Christ, we, are, we become alive. We live by him. And God is able to do with us and send us wherever he wants us to go. Isn't that something? That's something that we, 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 we really need to see, that all of this racism and all of this sexism and all this homophobia, it's not pleasing to God at all. Because what we do is we take ourselves out the game. Philip didn't do it. We shouldn't do it. We've got to overcome by dying to ourselves, seeing what the Spirit, hearing what the Spirit tells us to do, being Spirit-filled, being Spirit-led, and then having a yes, no matter what. We don't know what God's doing. He, he, leads, he leads Philip to a chariot and says, run by that chariot, get with that chariot. Philip doesn't know who's in that chariot. He doesn't know what's going on. But he obeys God and goes trotting by a chariot and just happens, not just so happens, but finds that God has all got a harvest ready for him. Has somebody there willing to learn because he loves God. There are people out there that love God, that want to hear the word of God, that want to know that God loves them and how to get connected with God. You are the instrument that God wants to use. And it's up to you to yield to the Spirit of God. Amen? Amen. Well, my time is up, and I want to know if there are any questions tonight. Uh, the call-in number is 929-477-2304, 929 2304. And if you've got a question, if you're on Facebook Live tonight and you've got a question, then what I need you to do is I need you to just put it on the screen and when I see it, I'll call it out. 929-477-2304 on Global Drive and on Facebook Live. All you need to do is just um, just put a... Um, just put, just write it in, and I'll see it. You know, one of the things that I really enjoyed about this passage is just the research that um, that's often missed in the Bible about how what powerful nations African Americans come from, and how uh, the things that we did um, prior to coming to the Americas. I think it's it's so wonderful to know that you know that our women 
and women all over the, the world, but our women especially, have been leaders for a long time, and they just can't help it. They're going to run it because it's in them to run it. And that there's so there's, there's, there's such a wealth that oftentimes we, we miss when we discriminate, not just in the African-American community, but in all communities, when we um, label people as inferior because of their, their, their sexuality or their, their color or their creed, where we say that this group is superior to the other, we miss so much. And we need to stop that. And the people that's going to stop it is the church. We're the ones that's going to stop it by beginning to break down racial barriers. And I pray in my lifetime that, that we don't, that the, that the phrase that Sunday morning is the, at 11 o'clock is the most segregated time. I pray that that phrase just gets thrown out the window. Because as the church opens their doors, they just see the rainbow coalition flooding the church. That's my prayer. Okay, well, if there's no questions, I'm going to pray, and we're going to call it a night. Eternal God, our Father, it's in Jesus' name we come. God, we thank you that you are working your plan and that you require that we be a part of the plan that you have put us in ink into the plan to help you to be the tools that you use to spread your gospel to all nations. We thank you already, God, that there are many out there who don't let racial barriers get in their way. They just go. Who, who follow your spirit and execute your plan. There are many out there that are doing it already. But God, you said, look upon the fields for they are white with harvest, and you told us to pray for more laborers. So tonight we pray for more laborers who are willing to go wherever you send them, to whatever people group you send them to, and that they don't hesitate, but they go forward and show your love. Oh, God, thank you for your plan, and we know that your word will not return to you void, but will accomplish its purpose. We thank you that we desire to be and are people of your word who are filled with your spirit, who will do as you command. We bless you and praise you for this time tonight. We bless you and praise you for this people tonight who study with us. We bless you and praise you for those who will come along and, and review the video labor later and see and hear and catch your vision. Oh, God, how we thank you. Oh, God, how we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, that's it for tonight. I praise God for each of you, and I pray that you would listen to what the Spirit is saying to you and that you would do his will. In Jesus' name, amen. So until next week, when we get into Acts chapter 9, have a wonderful, wonderful evening, and hear what the Spirit is saying to you. Be blessed. Bye-bye. Mm -hmm.